This is Bernard Clark Jr., head football coach of Robert Marshall University, and you're on the air with Pitch and Push. You are now tuned in to Pitch and Push Sports Talk Radio. Yes, and we back. Hey, Pitch and Push, season four, episode three. Who we got on the line, Pitch? We back. We got Coach Bernard Clark Jr. Let's go. Robert Morris University head coach. Let's go. Give him a hand. Welcome back to the show, Coach. Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. Way to go, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing today, Coach? Everything's going well, man. We're starting things off right, man. We start the season off back in January, you know, getting things turned around. We're in spring ball right now. We're excited about the new guys that we have in. So we're looking forward to making some positive changes for this year. Awesome, awesome. awesome. Before we jump into the football talk, why don't we uh, go ahead for that, you know, that plug. Always got to throw that plug in there, Coach. Can't never leave it out. You know, the Ascension, the chronic, the, uh, a coach's guide to becoming. becoming a better man, husband, and father. How's the book been going? The book's been going well, actually, to be totally honest with you. A friend of mine asked me, he said, did you get confirmation? And I told him, I said, man, as soon as my mom told me it was a great book, that's all the confirmation I needed, to be uh, totally honest with you. Absolutely. The books, the book sales have been going pretty daggum good. I think I've sold probably close to 100 right now. So awesome. things are going well. Just kind of slowly getting out there. But you, like you said, Ascension, A Coach's Guide to Becoming a Better Man, Husband, and Father, is a book that I wrote that I'm very proud of. And it's something I stand behind 100%. You know, trying to create an environment as a football coach to help guys become Better men, better husbands, and better fathers. Where can where can the listeners find your book, our coach? It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Just type in my name, Bernard Clark Jr., and it'll pop up. And I believe, just to piggyback on what Coach was saying about the book, one thing for sure, too, for certain, man, Puss read the book. And mm-hmm. we we recommend, you know, we demand, you know, every father, uncle, you know, role model, coach, even, you know, high school students to pick up the book. You know, it's never too late to be a role model. And it all starts with each individual self. And I think that when you read this um, from a man's perspective, a young man's perspective, you begin to look at yourself in a different light that will open your eyes to some things that uh, we may have intentional or non-intentionally uh, blinded ourselves with. Um, but it, it, these are very good uh, ways and readings of what we felt um, inferior to and the things that we've lacked or we felt that if we did do it would make us look this way. The book talks deeply about that and it's very important as men, you know, I'll go back to that one part once again as a plug for with the book is that when we have our daughters, we tell our young daughters, daughters to respect their bodies, um, you know, to cherish their bodies and their body as their temple. Mm-hmm. And something that coach said that is not um, something that we as men in the African-American community tell ourselves or our sons or our children or even in, re- in just regular conversation that our body is a temple as well and that we should treat it as such and that we should govern as such. Absolutely. And I think those are very pivotal things that pick small little nuggets about the book that is very instrumental that it doesn't have a one season. This is an all seasons book. You know, you feel in a type of way about something that's going on personally this book has chapters that caters and guides you in those areas specifically. So, yes. Self-love. Self-love. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate that. And, and like you said, and the great thing about it, at the end of several of the chapters, there's questions. 
that you can ask yourself mm-hmm. that stick out to you that answer some of the questions that you're worried about and some of the things you think about. Because as men, like like my man Pitch just said, it's a situation where as men we just don't have these conversations. We kind of find them taboo to even talk about. To be totally honest with you, because it makes us feel soft, or we don't feel we feel vulnerable. And we don't feel like we can talk about the things that we need to talk about when it comes to talking about our bodies being a temple and our bodies being precious. And, and I'm sorry, I know we, I know the, the, the this episode is about football, but when oh, no, I, I tell I tell people all the time, you can't separate football from life because there's a lesson no, and an aspect in it all. Um, but back to something that you were saying, what are some ways that we can? as men start to identify those areas and how can we start to make this conversation regular more comfortable coach yeah. how, how can we make it more comfortable a more comfortable conversation well i think we have to with me i'm vulnerable so i'm very transparent with my players i let them know the things that are on my mind things that bother me like prime example when my father passed away in 2019 i cried in front of the team hmm. it wasn't a situation where i felt like it was a soft situation i was being soft about crying in front of the team it's something I let them know that I love my dad extremely a lot, <laughs> very much. And it bothered me that my father had passed away. And it bothered me how him and my mom had been married 59 years, and I was worried about her also. Mm. So being transparent when young men is extremely important. Being vulnerable in front of young men and showing that side of you and helping them understand that, hey, I was exactly where you were at one time, but now I understand the importance of me loving myself and caring about myself. So vulnerability, being shown, showing vulnerability in front of young men is very important. Yeah, we're going to jump back onto the football side of things, and everybody go out. Because <laughs> we'll be on this topic all day, because we won't we talk I'm about nothing you, else. And, 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 not only, not, and not only that, because we're going to caveat that, we're going to pivot back to this Absolutely. when we get the uh, football player, um, young man on the line, so we can... This this helps. This is the guide of right. what we're you know trying to do as a mentorship, you know, the football talk is one side, but this is this is also equally as important. Well, I heard a long time ago, and you guys can attest to this. There's no doubt about it. Football doesn't build character. Mm. Football reveals character. Oh, yes. wow. Yes. And yep. that's the great thing about it. It's exactly what you said, because it's not just about football. Things you learn in football are also carried out throughout life. So it's revealing who you are and building your character, and it helps mm. it revealed in a lot of ways. I want to I want to say uh you know, we heard, we heard, we heard y'all had a great, great signing day and commitment day. And sorry we couldn't make it up, but we really appreciate the invite and the hospitality. With that being said, are you excited about your new players? And out of those players, do you feel like that any, anyone, anybody of those can uh, be an immediate impact on your team? Well, I do. I feel we're very excited about the guys we brought in. The first thing we're worried about, because again, we had to rebuild our culture. You know, we didn't have a very successful season. So we had to come in and we had to change some things. So I had to make some changes to the coaching staff. And I had to make some changes on how I was going to do some. So I went and met some met with some friends at different colleges and talked with them about different things. So we, we started a thing we call fifth quarter. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing is we're, our first quarter was when we got back. And that was uh, winter training. Winter training session. We wanted to make sure we were physically dominant in that first quarter. And that's what we did. Our guys got stronger. Our guys probably got stronger than they've ever been before. And the new guys that came in that joined, I was worried about it at first. I was like, okay, is this going to be a tough transition? Are we going to be able to blend right in? At first, it was kind of shaky, but as we went along, our guys started working with them. They started working with our guys. Those guys started blending in. You didn't recognize, okay, we got 27 new guys. All you started noticing was how God, how are these guys working. Mm-hmm, right. And that's what our guys have been doing a great job. And when you when you talk about the meshing, um, 
and we kind of jumped into it. Um, how has recruiting gone for you guys this year, whether it's recruiting um, the signings um, from signing day from high school students or transfer students? And did you lose a lot of did you lose a lot of students to the transfer portal? We lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal, but the, the guys that we lost, to be totally honest with you, it isn't that I didn't want them to be here. I want them to be here. But if a guy doesn't want to be here, he feels like we're not going to win, then why do we want him here? Yes. And isn't it isn't that I dislike him. I, anybody that called me about one of those young men that went to transfer portal had nothing but good things to say about them because they're not bad people. And they're not bad athletes. They just didn't fit in here. And that's just how it was. But the new guys we brought in, when I talk about meshing, when I talk about blending, do they believe in the culture that we believe in? They believe in creating an environment to produce better men, better husbands, and better fathers because that's what we're about as a football team. And when they came in and they heard me talk about that, we talked about being physically dominant the first quarter. Now we're talking about being, having a relentless effort in the second quarter. And then we'll go into the third quarter in the summertime and stuff like that. Are they committed to those quarters? And these guys are. And now you asked me earlier, do I see some guys that are going to stand out? Yes, we do have some guys I feel like are going to be a big standout for. We lost a couple of receivers in the transfer portal, if not three receivers in the transfer portal. We brought in two good ones right now that are really showing out. They're doing a real good job on the football field. They've stepped up. They've shown what they've been able to do. Um, and they played extremely well. We have a quarterback we brought in. He's going to compete with the starter. Nice. And that's the other thing that we've got. We've gotten competition level. Yeah, competition level is going that, up. Coach. Yes, there's no doubt. Today in practice today, you know, we saw that they learned how to practice. Our guys are staying up off the ground. When they knock each other down, they help each other back up. They're joined back and forth. But it's because of the competition that they're drawing back and forth. They're not drawing back and forth. Last year was more about victory and arguing. Mm-hmm. Now it's more about having a good time and talking to each other and going back and forth and competing with each other. So we see that change slowly coming around because we're also changing as coaches. Like I said, we've changed some things. So we've changed the way we practice a little bit. Had to make some changes. Couldn't continue to do the same. You know and I know to continue to do the same thing over and over and over and expect changes is insane. And we didn't want to be insane. So it's a situation where we've made the changes we need to make, and our guys are responding to those changes. That's that's great to hear. So when you talk about uh, something you said in regards to the players, um, you know they're drawing back and forth, but they're helping each other up. So are, do you think they're they're playing together more, or is it they're trusting each other, or they're they're allowing themselves to be vulnerable enough to trust each other? Leadership. Absolutely. I, I think all those things, what you just said, mm-hmm. but probably the most important thing, they're respecting each other's talent now. And I think before it was more so, it was more so well, you're not better than me. Why are you playing? It wasn't like that. Now they understand, okay, this guy's busting his butt just like I bust my butt in the first quarter. He was physically dominant. He got stronger in the weight room. He ran faster in the 40. He cleaned more weight. He bench pressed more weight. He squatted more weight. This guy's been putting in the same work I've been putting in. So I'm going to respect what he can do on the field also. Oh, man, he's he's showing up every day. He's busting his behind. He's giving 100%. So these guys are learning to respect each other. So now when the DB goes against the wide out, he gets beat one-on-one. Before it was, hey, man, you suck and all this other stuff. You just beat me one time. Now, hey, man, good job. I got your next play. So things are changing, and we see things totally changing. We hope that change continues because that's what we're going to talk about as coaches. We're going to talk about those positive things. And we're going to learn from the mistakes we make. Prime example was the other day, guy came in, he, he blocked one of the linebackers, came from the outside. You can't come from the outside inside and block a linebacker more blindsided. Mm-hmm. I said, guys, two things was wrong with that. First, it was dumb. It's your own teammate. You don't blindside your own teammate. I said, but the second thing is, it's a penalty. Mm-hmm. 
and we broke for a touchdown on that play. But now that touchdown's called back because you blindsided someone. Mm-hmm. We understand, Coach. We got it. Totally understand. Won't happen again. So those are the things we understand. Last year, the guy that got blindsided, he was trying to find a way to retaliate. With the day of practice, he had a chance to take a guy out, just like he got to take out. He did. He wrapped him up, let him go, <laughs> talk north of talk north of the offense, and we went to the next play. So those are the positive changes that we're seeing. Okay, so when when you talk about the uh, the coaches, when whenever you have a season like uh, Robert Morris did, when you guys, you know, unfortunately, you know, you guys went on 11. However, we can say um, from our perspective and from what we saw um, from us being able to be there in person is that regardless of what the score was and regardless of what your guys' record was at that point, you couldn't mm-hmm. tell because that last game, they actually were still, they, they were fighting. It didn't look like they laid down, like they just gave up on the season. So when you have a, such a season like that, how how does those decisions come in play when it's looking at a position within the team that say, okay, we did develop better here, but you know we got to go in a different direction coaching wise. What what play what comes to play when you have to make such a decision? Well, offensively, just to give you an idea, uh, I've talked about this before. We, we're not up to uh, standards with everyone else when it comes to the number of scholarships that we have. We don't have the exact number of scholarships that everybody else. We have less number of scholarships. So our offense, we have to do some things differently. We can't run the same offense that they run at this school because they have more scholarships than us. We can't run what they run at this school. because. So I had to bring a guy in who had some different ideas when it came to offense, not the option or anything like that, but he had to have some different ideas. I can't tell you what ideas because I don't want to give to as an offense player. And we had to do some things differently. We had to make some changes and do some things differently. I didn't want to bring a guy who did the same thing. And the guy last year, was basically running a zone read offense. Well, we can't run the zone read because that's what everybody runs. And teams can prepare for that every week. Well, you don't have as many scholarships as everyone else. you got to figure out, okay, how can I do something different? So we're doing some things a little bit different on offense. And on defense, we got to stop RPOs. we got to tackle better. We know those things. So the most important thing about our defense was we had to go out and get more depth at defensive line. Not so much bigger guys or stronger guys, but just more depth, guys that we can put in there. Because the toughest part about last year, and I'll just give you an idea of what I'm talking about when I talk about depth and scholarships. The last four games of the year, our offensive line, we had three redshirt freshmen, one true freshman, and one redshirt sophomore. That was our starting offensive line. Taking the snaps was a true freshman quarterback. Oh, wow. Okay. On the defensive line, on the defensive line, we had a redshirt sophomore starting, two redshirt freshmen starting at the end. And we had a red shirt. I'm sorry, we had a walk on Mike linebacker starting. So it gives you an idea of the deficiencies that we face when it comes to scholarships. But if you're doing things differently, and our guys are seeing things differently, and we're making it tough for the offensive team, not the offensive coordinator, to go against our defense, but the offensive team that's on the field, we got to make that quarterback who's 19 year old, 19 years old, make decisions based on what he's seeing. Not what based on what his coach is saying. We got to make that 19 year old middle linebacker make adjustments on our formations as opposed to the defensive coordinator making adjustments. So we're trying to put it more in the players' hands and make them make decisions and make the coaches and instead of the coaches making decisions. So those are the changes we had to make. And so that's why I chose to go with another offensive coordinator. And also our special teams weren't very good last year. And um, so I go to, chose to go a different way. And unfortunately, that was our wide receiver coach. And so. 
had to make a change there also. And our, you know, our corners coach left, you know, which was a, which was a blow for us because he was, uh, every year the coach was here, he had an all conference player, but we brought in a guy that we feel extremely good about. And I, you know, so our running backs coach, our wide receiver coach, our corners coach, and, you know, we feel strong about those guys and those guys are doing some great things for us right now. Like I said, spring ball started out positive. Everybody's on the same page. When you say um, scholarships, coach, and the transfer portal, right, how, how, how does that affect your scholarship count as well? Is there a certain amount of scholarships put to the side for transfer portal athletes or, or, or how does that work for somebody that don't, knows nothing about it? Well, this is what we decided to do because we don't have as many. Most schools – they're different levels. Like, we're the FCS level. Now, there are some FCS teams that have no scholarships. Uh, schools like Dayton, schools like Butler, they're at the same level we're at. They're still Division One, but they have no scholarships. At, uh, at our level that we were at in the last conference in the NEC, we had 43 scholarships. Most schools at the FCS level, they're allowed to have up to 63 is the most they're allowed to have. At the FBS level, Maryland, Miami, Schools like that, they have 85 scholarships. Mm. And Division Two, they vary anywhere from 24 scholarships to 36 scholarships. So it gives you an idea of where we where we sit right now with the scholarships that we have. Now, what we decided to do to try to even the playing field the best the way we know how is we decided to go to junior college and transfer portal and get guys with more experience. So that's what we decided to do with our scholarships this year. It's more about getting more experience, getting experienced guys on the field that have played college game already as opposed to trying to build with high school guys. Don't get me wrong, we're bringing some high school guys in, but those guys we're bringing in from high school are more partial scholarship guys as opposed to full scholarship guys because they don't have that experience. We're hoping this experience comes in and helps us a little bit more with junior college and transfer guys. You feel good about the transfer portal? You feel it's a good thing? Uh, I feel it's a good thing, but I've always felt it's a good thing when it's done the right way. And what I mean by that is if a young man goes to a college his first year, he goes to the transfer portal because he's not playing, he's not getting the opportunity, that's crazy. It just doesn't make any sense. You're not using the right way. But if you do decide to leave, the best time to decide to leave is after your first year. Why? Because the most important thing when you go to college is graduating from college. That's the most important thing. So if you go your first year and you transfer, that's fine because you need 24 credits after your first year to graduate. Chances are after the first semester, if you transfer mid-year, you're going to have at least 12 to 15 credits. So you're going to be on track with your progress towards your degree. So if you transfer after your second year, your third year, you need to have 48, 60, 72, and so forth in order to get those transfer credits. Now, if you just transfer with 60 credits and only 36 of those credits transfer to the next school, you're not on progress towards getting your degree. Not a smart move. Parents don't think about this. Most parents say, my son's education is the most important thing, but you're not transferring to Harvard. You're transferring to another school to play football. So you got to make sure your son's grades also transfer so he has a progress towards degree and he's going to still get his college degree at the next school that he's going to. It's not just about playing football. So if you're doing that at the proper time, after your first year, if you decide to do it, that's good because you got your progress towards degree. If you do it after your second year, make sure you have at least 48 transferable hours or more because you want to make sure you're still on progress to graduate from college or 
wait till after you're a graduate, like Jalen Hurts, wait till after you're a graduate, and then transfer. You can go where you want to go, and you have your degree. See, to me, the most important thing is a college degree. That's just kind of how I look at it. So I think it's a good thing when it's done the proper way. When it's done just for football and you're not thinking about graduating from college, then I think it's a bad thing. With that being said, also, I want to transition real quickly because this is your guys' second year in the uh, Big South Conference. So is that correct, Coach? Yes, yes. And how does that – does it feel different this time going around this year, um, being as though you're not the newbie, you know, all eyes – you know, may have faded because you, you're new to the uh, conference. Do you have any different emotions or feelings going into the second year? Well, the, the weird part about it is we got we got we transferred to the conference in 2020, but obviously we didn't have a season. So we really this is kind of like the first year we really really uh, recruited for it because the conference has also changed. When we first got in, there was Kennesaw, there was Monmouth, there was. North Alabama, there was a lot of schools that were in it. And the first year we were in it, we won five games. Well, this year, you know, A&T left after this year. Uh, Campbell's going to leave after this year. And now we're joining forces with the OVC. So <laughs> it's like it's the Big South slash OVC conference. So we still got some new teams in it that we still haven't faced. So it's kind of tough to say, yeah, Gardner-Webb's still in it. Yeah, Bryant's still in it. Charleston Southern's still in it. And I forgot who the other school that's still in the conference with us. Um, and I apologize <laughs> to it. But now we got Tennessee Tech coming. We got Tennessee State coming. Uh, Southwest Missouri coming. So we got some new schools that are coming in that are ready to play. So it's still a different conference, even though it's the same conference. So we'll see how it goes this year. Again, we got some of the opponents that we had before, you know, but we got some new opponents also. Yeah, and, and coach, with your blessing again, uh, we definitely gonna try to make it up there for at least two games. I think we Man, talk you guys about are well, you guys are welcome anytime. You know that. All you gotta do is say, Hey coach, we're coming to this game and just let me know you got carte blanche to what's going on. You know that guy. Uh in another direction. One thing that curveball, curve a fastball. No, nah, this this is a uh this is a what's the be- this is a fastball, but it ain't a fastball. It's more of like let's 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 backtrack. Because one okay. of the first things that Change we wanted up. one of the first things that we wanted to do, of course, coach, was to give you your roses and flowers, man, for an amazing job that you have done yourself and the work and the the hard work and the ethics and the grind and the determination and the grit that you yourself gave on the football field, you know, this year you were awarded, or in 22, you were awarded uh, the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame. Hall of Famer. Into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame. So congratulations. Let's go. (laughs) Man, got the gold jacket, baby. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. It, it, it was remiss I, if we I didn't. Wish, I wish I did. Get a, I wish I got an orange jacket or something. I ain't get a, I got an unbelievable plaque, though, man. So when you guys come back <laughs> to the office, well, I'll show you the guys the plaque. It's hanging on the wall, man. It was outstanding. How does it feel? It's, How does it feel? You know what, man? It, it's probably one of the most humbling and exciting things I've ever been through. And probably the most pleasing thing about it was, again, man, my mom was there. You know, my mom was there hanging out. I said, Mom, you know, 80, you know, she, she looked at me. She said, wherever you go, I'm going. Blessings, man. Blessings. <laughs> that's that's mom. moms, man. That's Yo, mom. It's a feeling that my when your mom just ride with you like that, it's an amazing oh, feeling. That's cool. My mom and my, my mom and my wife are down on the field. My mom had a walker down on the field. She was hanging <laughs> on the field with me. She hung at the stadium with me that night. Nice. She was at the banquet with me. 
uh, a real good friend of mine by the name of Maureen Marks, uh, her and her husband, Tom Pirro, Maureen Mark Pirro, her and her husband threw a party for me that Saturday. My mom was at the party. <laughs> See, so, yeah, man, it was just, it was one of those things, man. It's probably the most humbling, exciting things that ever happened to me, man. It was just a pleasure. And the thing, I, the reason I like it, I always tell people, man, the reason, because a lot of my friends say, hey, man, we wish you could get into the University of Miami Hall of Fame. I say, that would be nice. But I, I know I put in the work for this one. That's the thing about it, man. When, you know, in, back in 1988, when I played in this Orange Bowl, it was one of those situations where I was called upon because, you know, one of the players got caught doing something he shouldn't want to do. And I'm a 19-year-old, you know, sophomore going on the field. And, and I know I put in the work to earn this. And that was the great thing about it when it came to me. And I was excited about it. Like, hey, this is an honor. This unbelievable. And the other great thing about it, man, <laughs> Dewey Selman, uh, Leroy Selman's brother. People don't know Dewey as much as they know Leroy. But Leroy Selman played linebacker for the Buccaneers. And I was a kid. I was when the Bucks came to town off the camp before I was a Bucks fan. So I was a huge Dewey Selman fan. So to go in with Dewey Selman into the Orange Bowl Hall of Fame was also was an unbelievable honor, man, to be honored the same night he was on. So like I said, man, extremely humble. Thanks, Coach. Um, I heard, I heard, I heard a, a, a bird came to our window and told us that. It's a little Tweety. little Tweety bird <laughs> said that uh, uh, we inspired y'all somehow. Oh, well, well, I yes, but I want to hear how Coach – I want to hear how a coach would define this. So okay. Coach, yes, if you can, we understand that yeah. Robert Morris has a new model. New mantra. Can you share with our viewers and Please. listeners? Absolutely. And, you know, what brought it about? Please. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Our new mantra, man, more than anything else, and we're, we're living by this 100%. We're going to push our guys to be better students. We're going to push our guys to be better players. We're going to push our guys to be anywhere they need to be to become better men, better husbands, better fathers. They're doing something stupid, we're going to pull them away from it. So nice. we're going to push and pull to make this <laughs> thing work. Nice. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, Coach, if you can, you know, shameless plug for us, too. too. You, where did you get that thought of push and pull from? <laughs> oh, you know where I got it from. Come on, baby. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> now, nah, listen, Coach, when I tell you that made our day, man, it yeah, made us feel definitely. like all of the hard work and, you know, the sacrifices that we're making, you know, away from our families financially and everything like that. Because a lot of people don't know. They assume that, you know, me and Push um, are, are making money from all of the coverage that we're giving out and, and we're not. So the sacrifice and our family's uh, support behind us is what we do because, you know, we always believe in a greater purpose. You know, do we believe that at the end of the day, time and sacrifice is monetized? Yes. But when God aligns it, you know, and your purpose doesn't run afoul because of money, it then it all, it always flourishes and it always is an alignment. And when God's will is God's will. So hey, it's no an doubt. enjoyment, you know, and we because we understand that we are an access or a resource that we didn't have um, that we would have yeah. loved to have yep. at our yeah. age, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, someone being able to expose us to a multitude of different opportunities, but not only the different opportunities, but also being a resource to connect them. And oh, perfect, perfect segue connections. You feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, guys. You know, I agree so, with you guys 100%, man. I, I appreciate it, man. And you know Mark Twain's quote, the two most important days in your life, the day you're born and the day you find out why. Mm. And you guys know this is your purpose. This is why you were born. You were born to do this. 
That's why pitch and push is going to push and pull Let's go. as long as I'm here. Let's hey, go. God did. God did. But what, yes, it's, yeah. And it's funny because as Push was saying, the segue and the transition, we have a little spinoff for Coach today. Today, we always talk about mentorship. And as we segue, something that we didn't have and being that resource. Connecting. We have to educate, teach, but also allow our youth to be in a moment to where they can understand and have that firsthand touch of knowledge. So today we actually have a young student athlete um, who will be joining us on the line today. Um, And this is part of our um, our mentor session to where we are trying to give them the exposure of how to one speak for themselves, be able to conduct a conversation in a manner that they should when talking about their future life's endeavors and and be able to just feel comfortable in that climate so why not start them now why not help teach them along the way now so we have a student that we're actually going to be joining us as we return let's go and as we we started man listen today's episode we threw a twist special guest on the line a very special guest um and we're going to go ahead and allow him to uh, introduce himself to our viewers and audience and to coach. Hello, my name is Ed McGuire. I'm the class of 2024. I go to junior senior high school. My position is defensive back receiver. My GPA is 3.32, and I want to uh, major in business. Of her, you got Eric McGuire, the third Stowe Rocks High School, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Stowe Rocks football team. Shout out to them Vikes. He got a three point. He got a three point GPA. Student first, athlete second. Yes, sir. Played defensive back and wide receiver. He wants to study business in college. Thank you for joining us today, man. We are grateful to have you. Thank you for taking this time to share with us, man. <laughs> and, um, if you want we to, him. we got Coach Bernard Clark Jr. on the phone. We did get you. You guys were able to meet when we went when for we the Rebel Boys game. So we want you to go ahead and, you know, first question that you may have for Coach. What's up, Coach? Bernard Clark. Right. What's up, Eric? How you doing? Hey, hey, Eric, before you ask me a question, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yes, sir. My first question to you is because you say you want to major in business. What mm-hmm. kind of business do you want to major in and why do you want to major in business? I want a business in marketing. Marketing because okay. I feel like I'm, I'm creative. I feel like I could anything to my mind. I could put my mind to anything. So once I find something and I would touch on to it, I could like sell it. Sounds good. And the reason I the reason I ask you those questions is this. As you embark about going to college and you get into college and everything works out for you. Once you get a degree in business and once you start studying marketing, you already have a passion for it. So therefore when you start taking marketing classes in college, you'll be interested in those classes. It won't be a situation where you'll be sitting in the class and it'll be dull for you. Now you have a better chance of getting a higher mark in there because you feel like the class is interesting. You want to follow along with the class as opposed to taking something that you have no interest in, you have no passion about. When you're taking classes, not just about, I got to take this, I got to take that. What do I have a passion for? What do I have a drive for? What am I going to work hard for? Those are the things you got to remember. It's not just about playing ball. When you get to school, it's about, Having a passion for playing ball if you go to school for ball, but it's also about having a passion for the schoolwork that you're putting in front of you. Understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, I understand. Perfect. Now your questions. Go ahead, my man. All right. So how would you describe your coaching style? How would I describe my coaching style? 
my coaching style is, is basically it is passion more than anything else because coaching was probably the furthest thing from my mind I ever thought I would do. Literally, the furthest thing from my mind I thought I would do. It was literally a godsend. It's a calling more than anything else because I never thought I would be a coach. But the first time I stood in front of a young man and I started talking to him about football and the way he looked at me and the way he stared at me, I said to myself, I must have something to say that he wants to hear. And that's why I fell in love with coaching. So my coaching style is about passion. Yes, I know X's and O's, but to me, making a connection with a young man is far more important. There's an old saying that says, players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. I want that young man to know that I have a passion for what I'm doing, and I care for him as a person, and I want to see him succeed. So I would say I'm a passionate coach. Okay. Okay. My second question is, uh, what do you work for for in the athlete? What do I look for in the athlete? Well, everybody looks for the intangibles. You know, everybody's going to look for, let's say, your position. Most guys are corner wide receiver. Most coaches are looking for the guy that's going to be the height of anywhere from 5'10 to 6'2. Yeah. Uh, they're going to look for a guy that weigh about 170 to 1, you know, 200 pounds. But they're always outliers. There's always those guys that are exceptions. So if you have a guy that's, say, 5'9", uh, to 5'10", he's a shorter guy, he's a little stouter, he weighs about 180, he's thick. You're going to look for things like speed. Does he run a 440, does he run a 42? If he doesn't have speed, what's his quickness? Can he run a you know a 20 and 2-0? How quick, how quick can he make feet? How good is his feet? How fast can he make a quick uh, step? How smart is he, is he as a football player? Is he a student of the game? So there's a lot of intangibles, but probably the most important thing to me is after I watch a highlight film, I'm going to watch a game. If I don't watch a game, I'm going to watch one of your teammates' highlights to see where you show up on your teammates' highlights. Because if you're still playing just as hard on your teammates' highlights that you're playing on your highlights, then you're a football player. But if I watch your teammates' highlights and you're lazy when the ball doesn't come your way, you're not sprinting to the ball when it breaks the line of scrimmage, then I'm probably not going to recruit you because you're not showing the assets in every single play. You're only showing those assets in your highlights. Okay, and obviously grades. I mean, if you don't have a, if you're not above a two point nine, two point eight, it's going to be tough for me one to try to get you into Robert Morris, but it's going to also be tough for me to bring you here because I want to see guys succeed in college. I want them to graduate. I don't want them to just come to school. Yeah. Student first. All right, my final question is: uh, What are the values of your program? What are the values of my program? I talk about this all the time. The mission statement of our program is this to create an environment on and off the football field to continue what families have done and help our guys become better men, better husbands, and better fathers. The three most important things you're ever going to be in your life, and that's what we're trying to do. And we try to do that through football because what football does is football teaches you discipline. It teaches you to enjoy the process. It teaches you to be dedicated. It teaches you to be on time. All those things are needed when you get a job for life later on. So those are the values of our program. Wow, three those were three great, great questions. questions, man. Three great, three great questions. Um, and and we understand that the the purpose of this um, episode or the purpose of this uh, segment in our episodes or in our podcast is so that. You know, gentlemen, athletes, young ladies, young men, as such as yourself, can begin to get a comfort 
um, to to know what that feels like, to be able to enunciate and and ask the questions that are meaningful to yourself, but also being comfortable in that environment. And we understand that in this moment for you, it was different. Um, you can tell because your volume, but you did an amazing job. Those questions were great questions. Um, those are questions that I can't say that I myself would have thought about and asked, um, to be quite honest with you. Um, and we thank you, Coach, for allowing him and giving him the time um, to ask these questions. Because what I like about his questions were the questions were more so about the program and the fit and making sure the environment is something that um, is conducive to his, his comfort. And it seems like and it's great when a student athlete has an expectation of what they expect as well from then a school expecting something from them. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%. And that's what I tell, as I'm recruiting young men, a lot of them, I say, hey, man, you need to write down at least 10 to 15 questions. You need to get that school to answer your question because it's not just about that school trying to see if you're qualified to go there. You want to make sure you're qualified to be there. That's what it boils down to. you got to qualify each other. It ain't just about you asking a bunch of questions. Because I'll tell players this all the time. you got to understand. The school is going to do everything they can to win football games with you. You got to do everything you can to make sure you get the education from them. So it's a it's a give and take, and that's what it boils down to. So you got to be honest and upfront with young men, and the young men have to be honest and upfront with you to make sure that both are getting what they agreed to get. We are grateful, um, Coach Bernard Clark Jr. Thank you for your time we again, thank Coach. Thank you always, not only for your time, but the the nuggets that you have implemented and given us that we now use in our day-to-day lives um, that is making us better husbands, fathers, and sons. Um, so we great, we're grateful. We thank you very much um, for all that you've done for us and that you do for your players. Appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate the hospitality. Hey, guys, I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you very much. And, guys, you know, this ain't going to end. This is a long-lasting lifetime friendship. Pits and push, baby. Let's make it happen. Let's go. Let's go. Pits and push. Sports talk. Talk radio. Season four. Episode three. (laughs) Let's go. You are now tuned in to Pits and Push. Sports talk radio. Hey. Hey. Hey.